When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks, Micah. And thanks for finding the show and binging it. And I'm sorry if you hear too much of my voice, I guess, during all this. You hear experts talking about movies and then there's me. It's like, I haven't seen that. But I have seen Exorcist 3, so that helps. And I rewatched it just for this question specifically. Oh, wow. Overachiever. Uh, Well, it was a good excuse. I had already watched my movies because, you know, I don't know if it's spoilers, but I was on vacation last week, so we recorded quickly, and I didn't watch any horror movies on my trip, so I had to watch them all before I left, and I was like, I'll watch something, let's make it Exorcist 3, which I think, what did I watch it on? I think I watched it on Pluto right now. Uh, Yeah, no, I I really like Exorcist 3, actually. It's, I'm not going to call it heresy, although it would fit the tone of this. I kind of like it a little bit more than the first one. He threw me off so bad because the second one is the heretic. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I did throw you off. I barely even remember the second one. Oh, that's I'll good. That's good it. news. <laughs> well, I suppose that explains a lot of what's going on around this question, too. Uh, but no, I'm, I really like it. I, it's, it's funny because it's this, the dialogue always gets me. Because uh, who who plays the cop? It's C, C... I always forget his name. George C. Scott. Yeah, George C. Scott. Thank mm-hmm. you. He's also... Do- he's brilliant in Dr. Strangelove. I think he won an Oscar for that. The Changeling. Uh, the Changeling. Mm-hmm. Fantastic actor. He's great. He's so upset through the entire movie. 
And but the banter is so funny because it's almost a little too quick. But there's also so many movie references in it. Like one of the one of the priests referring to his favorite movie was The Fly. And uh the priest when he's in the hospital says, May the Schwartz be with you, <laughs> which is like only a couple years removed from Spaceballs at that point. I'm like, that's awesome. Like you don't see stuff like that in movies, like direct references to other movies. Unless it's a Marvel movie and then everyone is nicknamed after another movie. But I really, I like it. I like the horror in it's really good. Like as far as an exorcism, even if it wasn't called The Exorcist 3, which there is an obvious connection to The Exorcist, I think it's just a good possession movie. I, I like it as far as like the detective aspect of it. I like it as far as the the possessions, the gore. Uh, arguably one of the best jump scares I can think of, probably one of my all-time favorite jump scares, um, which if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it. You have to watch it, obviously, otherwise it ruins a jump scare. Um, oh, uh, what do you think of it, Megan? I mean, you pretty much said it all, so really all I will add to it is that uh, Brad Dourif once again delivers oh, so an all-timer performance, and his monologue has got to be like three pages long worth of dialogue, oh. and it's just, he sells it. There's an intensity yeah, Brad it's a lot of just his face in the frame for that dialogue, too. It's pretty impressive. He just kind of goes. The, yeah, the line delivery, the intensity on his face, just, yeah, he kills it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I obviously am team love it also. How about you, Zena? I really don't remember the movie. And oh. you know, I'm, just, I'm being honest with you. I know no, I, I watched it. It was Pluto a TV. long time ago, and I think one of the reasons why I watched it, I think I was like a teenager, and the guy, George C. Scott, it's because he's in um, Firestarter, like the original mm-hmm. one, which I really, you know, I really love that movie. But, you know, I kind of been going back and forth because I'm not going to lie. There was a time I rewatched, like, The Exorcist, right? Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch part two. Oh, no. Uh. No, no. <laughs> And what they did to James Earl Jones, what they put him in, is unforgivable. So if I was you, like, you I just need a, a break. You could put a still up there and dub it a bug's life, and people would believe it. it. They would. <laughs> it's like, I don't, like, you know, he's a, he's such a great actor. And of course, yeah. he, he did a good job, but it's like, you just couldn't take him seriously in that outfit. It's like, who did that to you, you know? But he was also the most exciting thing about that movie. Like, he was. Not, because I know there are people that like this movie, so I am not <laughs> knocking that. But for me, it was kind of a snooze fest. It was a snooze fest. And there was so much going on. What kind of... Okay, this is... I'm going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> We're going down a rabbit hole, yeah. Keep it positive. Positivity. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I, I do not remember it. But I will say, uh, <laughs> it has George C. Scott in it. So he is a great actor. So... Check and Brad Dourif. One day, yeah, maybe. No. Maybe you'll be in the mood to revisit it and realize that it is... It is a very different thing. I feel like all three of them definitely take different approaches. That's true. I keep on hearing that. So, but it it just left like a sour taste in my life. That's fine. Did we ever have? Did we ever have a question about our favorite thirds in a movie series? I honestly don't don't think so. I can't remember if we did or if we talked about this on Patreon. Like our favorites. 
number of like within a series like what's your favorite sequel in any series what's your favorite it's, third in any it's series it's quite possible but i, I don't might have done that on Patreon. I don't remember this would definitely go up there for me as far as like the best third within a series though like this is pretty high up there with nightmare and friday the 13th for me bold no it's it's, it's... legit <laughs> thank you you're welcome Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and help us discuss the disgusting. You know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from a YouTube channel and the website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hey. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile, too. So what's been filling your heart this week, Zena? Uh, so I was checking out some indie horror this past week, which is always a good time. It always makes my heart flutter. Uh, so the first <laughs> one I watched, Office, Office Uprising from 2018 on Pluto TV. A laid-back worker at a weapons factory discovers a mil- military energy drink is turning his co-workers into zombies. So this movie is kind of like Shaun of the Dead meets the Belko Experiment and Mayhem with a sprinkle of The Office and Tucker and Dale vs. Evil and then a dabble of blood-sucking bastards, you know. So that, that's a <laughs> quite water, the that's recipe. A, that's a big complex recipe. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's it's pretty much like a work exploitation movie. Um, so if you're someone who enjoys those <laughs> kinds of movies, right up your your alley. It's just cheesy, violent fun, um, and the jokes are ridiculous. It involves like nipples and butts. So if you <laughs> like that stuff, you may enjoy. It. And then the cast is really awesome. It has like some awesome people in it. And, um, yeah, I just had, like, a lot of fun with it. So if you want something fun, it's like a horror comedy. It's a good time. Check it out. Also, they give some good advice if you work in, like, an office setting. And I remember when I used to work in an office setting, I used to do this all the time. One of the guys, he recommended, like, if you ever want to seem busy, just make sure that you have, like, a, um, what are those things? Like, a, a, a paperboard type of thing? Like, a work paper clip thingy, you know? No? Yes. Okay. No. Then, what are those things called where you put your I'm gonna, so it's a one stapler? Of no, no, no. It's one of those things when you have like a, if you have a whole bunch of papers, right? And so you a binder, like a clipboard or like a clipboard kind of oh. where you put the papers on it. I yeah, used to have clipboard. one in my closet for some reason. But is I, it different I, I than an actual it. clipboard? I guess it, yeah, it's, it's a clipboard. There you go. Okay, thank <laughs> you. You got it. You got it. I just imagine the person at home who's just like... Are, are they talking about office supplies? Office <laughs> supplies. We know horror. We don't know office we, supplies. What do you want? We don't. But the advice that the guy gives is if you walk around, you know, with that, you'll look Oh, busy. with a clipboard. Yeah, with sure. a clipboard, you'll look extremely busy and people will leave you alone. I used to do that well, all the time. So Did that you? was uh that was intendant. That was, was something that's like yeah, there's a line like he walks in, he has a uh like a workman's vest, like a, a reflective vest and a clipboard. And like, that's a line someone calls out. They're like, you know, when you walk around in a reflective vest and a clipboard, you can get, in, you can get through a lot of doors. It's like, it's true. I, I believe Nobody it. stops a person it, who's got the clipboard. Man, I used to do that the last hour all the time until it's time for me to go home, <laughs> you know, or, or that, or just hide in the cafeteria. But that's another story for another time. So yeah, if you want to see like a you know, horror comedy, I highly recommend this one. Uh, the next one, um, I checked out the psychological indie horror Come Back to Me from 2014 on YouTube. It used to be available like on um, 
Tubi and Pluto, but then one day it was just gone or whatever. And then I just realized this. We talked about this. I always have a habit of watching a movie and then I forgot that I've seen it before. Uh-huh. But it's fine. So anyway, a married couple experiences unexplained night terrors after a new neighbor moves in across the street. Um, so this is set in Vegas with a married couple, you know, again, named Sarah and uh, Sarah and Josh and uh, Sarah, she's working on her graduate degree and she's actually doing it, <laughs> writing a paper on uh, porn and um, her husband, hmm. Josh, he works at the casino uh, just before that, like three months beforehand, like Sarah, she was in like this crazy car accident where she hit her head. So she experiences like a lot of like blackouts, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just something just to keep in mind. Um, so then one day they uh, they have a new neighbor named Dale. I just love that name, Dale. They have a new neighbor named Dale who moves in across the streets. And there's just something really creepy about Dale. And all of a sudden they just start having these crazy, weird dreams. Um, so, yeah, this is probably one of the movies that has just like a very original storyline i've never seen anything like it like you think mm-hmm. you know because i thought i did and i was just <laughs> like whoa so but yeah um as the viewer because there's like a lot of like twists and turns i'm not gonna lie like before it ends you might feel like whiplashed or something because there's a lot of stuff that goes on within that short time um but if you like indie psychological horror i honestly feel like this is like a must watch because it is very well done um the acting is on point and again, I've never seen a storyline like this one. Interesting. Nice. Yep. Well, I have basically been still playing Evil Dead the game because they updated it with Castle Kandar <laughs> map uh, right out of Ooh. Army of Darkness. So that's taking up my life. And the other part is movies I can't yet talk about that I'm under embargo, which I will oh. as soon as they lift, but I've had some fun stuff lately that I would love to discuss. So instead... Is I'm, one of them a four-letter word? Yeah. I, I'm not telling you anything right now. You would, the, but you could just say if you watched it or not. We didn't ask if you it's what a, you thought about it. Just say it's a four-letter word, and then we can just assume what four-letter word. <laughs> and then maybe it'll be an amazing review yeah. we weren't even expecting. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like some... Just jerk answer, but I got nothing. I got nothing. I mean, you just you have probably... to wait. You could just say, when I say, is it a four-letter word? You could just say, nope. <laughs> I mean, we're probably not even talking about that movie. We could be talking about cats. There are a lot you know? of four-letter <laughs> words, and it's like, yeah, so many four-letter I am words. not going to mislead. I'm just going to tantalize with a uh, cryptic yeah. tweet that, or tweet. It's what? Where am, where am I? What am I doing? I both respect and am annoyed by your journalistic integrity. <laughs> yeah, sorry to tease, but that's why I'm only talking about the one thing, which I do highly recommend. Um, I read *The Devil Takes You Home* by Gambino Iglesias, which is coming out uh, August second. So just a couple of weeks. It's already been picked up, um, acquired, like uh, the same director who did *Juan of the Dead*, Alejandro Bruges. Holy crap! Nice. Um, he's he's directing an adaptation of this movie. So it's like before it's even been published, it's been Whoa. snatched That's up. Awesome. Um, and the book is really, really good. Like it's a front runner for one of my favorites of the year so far. Uh, it's really mean though. And it's a genre bender. It's basically, you know, Mario is, he just got dealt a really crap hand in life. His really young daughter has cancer, um, tragedy strikes. He's got no money. Like the bank, all the medical bills piled up. His marriage is like, you know, in the wake of all of this. 
So he, uh, with the thanks to an old kind of drug addict friend, um, offers him a job as a hitman, and he starts doing that, and then he decides, you know, he's going to take one final job that is to hijack a cartel's cash shipment before it reaches Mexico, which takes him across, you know, like BFE, desolate Texas. Um, but, you know, the path to reward or ruin is never straight as it seems, and it is a mix. I mean, it's heavily crime thriller. There's definitely a lot of social commentary, but there's definitely a lot of supernatural. There's some a lot of creepy stuff. There's a lot of superstitious stuff. There's a lot of gory stuff. Um, so if you want like a kind of nonstop across the road, lots of set pieces, lots of different elements thrown into one, um, I really, I really like it. It's a good book. Awesome. It's always great to hear book recommendations. Yeah. I watched some stuff I'd never heard of, just randomly came across it, and the first one was 1984's Too Scared to Scream, which is available on Amazon Prime. A killer is brutally attacking several tenants that live in a high-rise apartment building in New York City. That's about it. (laughs) Uh, There was a longer synopsis, but it was unnecessary. This one, I... (laughs) So the artwork on it, when it first started out, I was kind of like, well, that face looks really familiar, but that can't be right. And I was like, yes, it is. That is Ian McShane in one of, in one of the lead roles of the Ian McShane, one of my all-time favorite actors. He's got to be baby who, face then, huh? He's, uh, by Ian McShane standards, still looks about the same age, though. Wow. It's crazy. He he. People talk about Paul Rudd, but this was 1984. So was this he... was four, almost 40 years ago. He doesn't look that much older. So now. has he been sleeping in a Tupperware since then? He might be the Brits. I don't. Maybe it's all the tea. I don't know. Mm. Preserved or something. But Ian McShane, I absolutely adore. Who people? Uh, I love him from a lot of British crime thrillers, but also he was in Deadwood. He was Mr. Wednesday in American Gods. He's been in so many other things. Like. For me, like pure gravitas. Watch it. He's the epitome of read a phone book. Yep, I'll I'll watch that. It's but it's within a nineteen eighty four horror movie horror movie set in New York with super cheesy cop dialogue and interactions and this weird over the top amount of nudity involved, almost like a horror film version of a Benny Hill sketch. You missed out it, on your weird, like New York radio voice, or is it Boston? <laughs> no, because this was '84. '84. Mm. I, I don't think I could do an '84 voice. No. I, I'll research it. What would an '84 voice sound like? I thought it was I, I feel same. like it's got to be a little more, <laughs> like a little more. <laughs> Since when there's Goofy in New York? Is that a thing? I don't know. See, that's why I said I can't do one. <laughs> We're going to say yes. That's what, that's what 1984 New York sounds like to it me. It sounds like Goofy going, yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> yuck, yuck. Wait, well, maybe you could just read the synopsis and then laugh in between. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going nah, to. see. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> See, that's what I get for guessing. I should never guess at what something sounds like. Yeah, because your guess was so wild. It just went yeah. for the first thing. Anywho, we'll blow right past that. Thank you um, for that. Thank you. But I I love this movie. I thought this movie, this is like, 
my kind of perfect because it's that right level of cheesiness, goriness, goriness. Plus the fact that it stars Ann Archer, John Hurd, and Ian McShane. It's one of Ann Archer's early movies. It's an early one for Ian McShane. John Hurd has a pretty small part. But it's always interesting to me when you look at those smaller budget or older movies or especially horror movies and those actors that you know went on to something else. And I always try and think in my head, do I think they're doing a good job in this because I knew who they'll become Mm -hmm. or are they doing a good job in this? And I thought John Hurd, even though he has a small role in it, he did a really good job. Like there's sometimes where people just stand out like you're doing too good of acting. Mm-hmm. Like you're too believable in this role right now. I don't believe these other people. I believe you. Why do I believe you? So I'm always a little fascinated by that. But th- this is like this is going to pretty easily go into like one of my top 10 like comfort watches. Like wow. I love it. This is great. Nice. Uh, and then I watched something a little further down that list now, but still entertaining. 1983's Scream Time, also available on Prime. A trilogy of three improbable stories of horror and the supernatural are combined into this low-budget thriller. <laughs> Sorry, that was the synopsis. <laughs> that sounds so mean. It is. It does sound mean, doesn't it? That's the way to do it. Dream house, and do you believe in fairies? <laughs> Uh, so I was kind of captivated by this one. It was, uh, I, I watched the trailer for it beforehand. It was like set in New York, again, set in 1980s New York. There's something about, I love New York city. I'm, I'm fascinated by it regardless, but especially that really hard time in New York, like where that, the heavy levels of corruption and drug use and, and crime rates. It's really fascinating to see like what it was to what people, or especially like Giuliani would try and turn it into. And so, like, that grittiness of kind of the guerrilla filmmaking of it all, mm-hmm. like, I really enjoy seeing. So I was kind of captivated by it. And the, the general premise is two low-level thugs steal some videotapes from a store and then hide out and watch them. It's a really weird premise that kind of circles back in a really weird way. <laughs> and the interstitials are interesting because I'm pretty sure... So the first one, it's clearly filmed in England. It's like the first of the, it's an anthology too. So I was curious to watch it. And the first one is, it's about like a Punch and Judy show. Punch and Judy being marionettes, very famously Punch and Judy. Um, the Dave McKean has had a fantastic graphic novel about him. Terrifying. And, and at the end of it, the two guys that are watching the horror, the one goes, yeah. I could tell by their accent that that was in England. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> everybody could. Everybody who watched this knew exactly what it was going. Why did you need to tell us that? It was just this weird thing. And then they kind of just move on to the next movie. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess that's a thing. Um, but it's kind of silly. Like, it, it's a, it's an okay anthology. Like, the mm-hmm. the stories themselves are fine. Like, I wouldn't rank it with, like, Trilogy of Terror or Creep Show or something more like that. I'd I, I put it below that. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like the aspect of the the wraparound idea of they stole some VHS videos and it felt very guerrilla style filmed initially in New York City, low budget. I thought it was interesting. I think it's worth a watch. Again, it's more me liking that era and, like, the concept more than anything else. And it just turned out to kind of just be silly fun. You more love than that. Any, more than good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More like, oh, okay. 
as opposed to, ooh, I want to watch that again. Like, not a regret by any means. I, I enjoyed it. And then I got messaged uh, a YouTube video on Instagram, which is always a little dangerous to, to click open. Uh-oh. But I really enjoyed it. And this one was posted in 2019 called The Hide Behind. That's Hide cute. Behind is all That's one a cute word. name. On YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is just my synopsis. A man lost in the woods finds that he's not alone. That's really all I want to give away. I just recommend it. Look up the hide behind. Is it a short or a full? It, it's a short. Oh, okay. I think it's maybe only five minutes long, or maybe eight minutes long. It's essentially two characters in the woods. Cool. Is that the one on altar? Yes. Yep. I, I double checked and yes, it is on altar. Nice. Um. Yep. Just look up the hide behind on altar. It's got a million views and... Not nearly enough likes, frankly, but I thought it was, I it was great. I love a good creature effect, especially something that feels a little Guillermo del Toro, mm. but it's got some kind of cool ways that they use the creature effect on top of it. Good scare. I just, I love a good horror short. Yeah. Like the, like the, what lights out came out of, mm-hmm. you know, just those little, like you just pack so much into three, four five minutes there was a there's a back rooms video. It might just be called the back rooms or lost in the back rooms that I saw that was really fantastic. Um, but yeah, the hide behind highly recommend. Okay, before we move on, what did we watch and how do we watch it? So I checked out um, checked up I checked out Office Uprising on Pluto TV and come back to me on YouTube. I read The Devil Takes You Home by Gabino Glacius, which hits shelves on August second. And I watched Too Scared to Scream on Prime, Scream Time on Prime, and The Hide Behind on YouTube. It all kind of rhymed. Yeah. <laughs> Rhymed-ish? Right. Rhymed, rhymed adjacent. Rhymed adjacent. <laughs> all right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Uh, Netflix. They are going to return to the world of Fear Street. Uh, Fear Street trilogy came out. Was it now last summer? The summer before? Mm-hmm. Time time My has summer. no meaning. Uh, good <laughs> grief. Uh, so, yeah, there was a trio of young adult slasher films released just week apart, which was kind of an interesting rollout. Um, experimental a little bit for Netflix. All three were directed by Lee Janiak. Um, R.L. Stein, the writer of the original book series the films were very loosely adapted from, told Yahoo in an interview that there's been rumors of more Fear Street films. He said, mm-hmm. I hear rumors about more Fear Street movies for Netflix because the first ones did so well last summer. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, he said, <laughs> um, those films kind of shocked me because they were all R-rated and had never done anything R-rated. All those teenagers were getting slashed. I was like, suddenly I have a slasher movie. That's a really cute <laughs> quote. Um, so Bloody Disgusting did confirm that the rumors are true and that Netflix is very deep into development for more Fear Street. So details nice. as they come. But yeah, it is uh, more than a rumor. It's a thing that's happening. Um, also rumors being made concrete. M. Night Shyamalan, we've talked about this movie before um, as news kind of started trickling out about it, but he recently wrapped production on his upcoming mysterious new thriller called Knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin? Knock at the Cabin? (laughs) 
which stars Dave Bautista, Rupert Grint, Nikki Amuka Bird, Ben Aldridge, and Jonathan Groff. Uh, plot details were scarce, um, have been, you know, every bit of casting news is like not a whole lot of plot details other than it was a home invasion during an apocalypse, which sounds a lot like Paul Tremblay's novel, The Cabin at the End of the World. Uh, yeah. But over the weekends, Paul Tremblay shared uh, an interview with NBC that he did on social media in which he confirmed the knock at the cabin is indeed an adaptation of his book. Um, he right. just wasn't allowed to say anything until now. I'm assuming they had to wait until production was like done and wrapped. Um, the book, if you don't know, it's about a seven-year-old Wen and her parents, Eric and Andrew. They're vacationing at a remote cabin on a quiet New Hampshire lake. Their closest neighbors are more than two miles in either direction along a rutted dirt road. One afternoon, as Wen catches grasshoppers in the front yard, a stranger unexpectedly appears in the driveway. Leonard is the largest man Wen has ever seen, but he's young, friendly, wins are over almost instantly, and then three more strangers arrive, and they're all carrying unidentifiable unidentifiable menacing objects as she runs to warn her parents leonard calls out your dads won't want to let us in but when but they have to we need your help to save the world that's a really long synopsis i'm sorry um <laughs> but it is if you're familiar with paul tremblay's books at all they are very atmospheric and dread inducing mm -hmm. and a little bit um ambiguous and by a little bit i mean a lot so yeah a bit Genre bendy. Yeah, genre bendy and definitely not handholdy. And definitely you <laughs> might want to read between the lines and then those lines and then those lines or just interpret it how you see fit. Um, Especially cabin. Cabin is up for all kinds of interpretation. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see how you're going to approach that or how Shyamalan's going to approach that. He wrote, directed, and produced the thriller for Universal Pictures. So by saying that, I'm assuming that he probably did some updating. Well, he wrote he wrote the script adaptation. Not yeah. That was really confusing. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh currently set to be released by Universal Pictures on February 3rd, 2023. So not nice. that long at all. And now we know it's an adaptation. So if you want another book recommendation to jump on ahead of an adaptation, there you go. While we wait for Head Full of Ghosts. Yeah, that one, that's addressed in the interview as well. So I highly recommend it. Oh, okay. It's, it's I'll, in I'll development. It's fine. It's in development <sighs> hell still. It's, 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 it got acquired for rights in 2015. And it's like a lot of directors have come and gone from that project. So as I beat hmm. my mic up in frustration, because I would love that to be a movie. I think Paul Tremblay would too, if I recall. He, he yeah, has he, a passing he, comment basically he's like, "Just give me the money and make the movie." All right. Yeah, I don't know. Why. <laughs> I, I think he said something, if I recall correctly. Again, it's on CNBC, um, but he had said that, like, I guess everybody in, is in the mood for happy horror, not dour horror, oh, and, and yeah. this, the, the big, the ambiguous nature of his writing does lean towards dour and, and unhappy, but. You know, yeah, you can't. I yeah, feel like there's that script too much. There's room for everything. Give me the happy and the sad. I can choose based on mood. Well, and adaptations get so complicated. I think I might have talked about this on the podcast before, and I won't say what book it was, but I know a pretty well, a pretty high selling horror novel from a few years ago got it's kind of been stuck in adaptation hell too because, or at least one point they were because they wanted to change. A pretty significant aspect of one of the characters. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say how because I don't want to give anything away or whatever. But to the point where it's kind of like, how, but if you change that character, it changes like 
everything. Mm. Like, I get what you think you're trying to do, executives. And if you do that, it changes, like, everything. (laughs) But, you know, it's like focus groups are like, well, we should have this, this, and this. Like, here's your checklist of stuff. And it's like, but it doesn't have that. Well, make it. Make that person that. It's like, well, it doesn't work that way. Mm. Yeah, who knows? Bummer, though. Yeah, well... We'll see how this... But we get cabin. So yeah, we get cabin. Win. We'll see how it goes. And maybe that'll get the ball rolling depending on how well it does. Question. Um, yes. Because I think I only read one of his books. He's the one who wrote that mannequin book, right? No, that's was... Stephen Graham Jones, Night okay, of the Mannequins. Okay, then forget it. Because I was going to say, um, <laughs> in some of his books, are they? do you think that they'll be able to translate on screen? Yeah. Yeah. For, for both. Tremblies? For both. Mm-hmm. I totally think you could. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean... I, I'm the optimist who thinks he, or, uh, House of Leaves can get adapted too, though. Yeah, there's it's and a lot of you are like that's ridiculous. But, no, it I'm like, well, it could. It could. They, they didn't think the Watchmen could be either. Yeah. Or, well, no, Alan jo- or Alan Moore just said it shouldn't be, not that it couldn't be. Yeah, but I feel like you have to also be prepared that they're two different mediums, so they're not going to oh, be yes. identical. There's no way they could be identical. Right, so yeah, right. but yeah, yeah. Well, we we shall see. And then uh, in news that also got people talking, um, Rob Zombie has been teasing his take on the monsters for well over a year now. Updates have been cryptic. He's been sharing production photos up until like just a few weeks ago. Um, And then a trailer last week just dropped. And then um, when news of the monsters originally leaked, it was confirmed to be a Universal Home Entertainment production with plans to release on the studio's Peacock streaming service. Uh, Rob, that was a speculation, but uh, Rob Zombie confirmed on Instagram that they can head back to Mockingbird Lane this September on Netflix. So it was originally suspected it would be Peacock. It will be Netflix. Um, The synopsis calls this the strangest love story ever told. Herman and Lily's crazy courtship takes the Munsters on a hauntingly hilarious trip from Transylvania to Hollywood in the all-new feature-length film. Jeff Daniel Phillips is Herman Munster. Sherry Moon Zombie is Lily Munster. Daniel Robeck is co-starring as Grandpa Munster, which I don't know if the trailer calls him Grandpa because this might be before they have kids, maybe? I don't Uh, know. I think think she calls him... I think she called him... Did she call no, him? Because she called him dad in the TV. She didn't. In the TV. Sh- I'm talking about the specific movie. Oh, like trying to. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like if they call, if she called him grandpa. I thought it was because before they had kids. He, yeah, because he's clearly her dad. Right. In the trailer, at least. Yeah. I kind of feel like I did hear him, them call him grandpa. Did they? Because I thought there was like a title card for him that referred to him as like the count. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think you're right about that. Because the count uh, maybe, would be, Again, maybe I'm just throwing maybe, it in there. Maybe I'm overthinking that little He was bit like of spot on grandpa, and, though. Yeah. Uh, and Zombie referred to the trio as his monster squad. Um, Richard Brake is playing Dr. Henry Augustus Wolfgang. Catherine Schell is playing Zoya Krupp, the Gypsy Queen. Dee Wallace, Elvira, and Jorge Garcia will also star with the original Munsters actress Pat Priest making an appearance. So, yeah, it is coming soon. We got a trailer last week, and then we can expect to see it on Netflix um, in just a month and a half or so. Two months-ish. Nice. Yeah. Boop. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, your turn. What books would you like to hear movie adaptations for? Do you think that John forgot to pay attention during the news to come up with something better to say right now, too? Yes. Because he did. <laughs> Let's hear about it. 
Number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? We have some awesome stuff coming out this week. Uh, first up, American Horror Story is coming back to Hulu. Yeah! Ooh. On Thursday. Uh, so since 2011, uh, this series, we have been to a murder house, a creepy asylum, coven of witches, traveling freak show, a haunted hotel, the apocalypse. There's just so much. So, yeah. And then this season, Alicia Silverstone and Bella Thorne are going to be a part of this um, huh. season. So you can look out for that on Thursday, the 21st on Hulu. Uh, then we also have Melek, a 38-year-old woman. Uh, lives at the edge of a bog in the north of the Netherlands. When she and her family are attacked by a random stranger one night, she sets out to find out why. The more she digs, the more she becomes convinced that she's being hunted by something ancient. So it'll be available on Shudder. Then the documentary, This is Gore, will be hitting Shudder as well. Um, this is a story of the most iconic heavy metal art collective monster band in the universe, as told by humans who fought um, to keep it alive for over the past 30 years. Then we I think also, I have to watch this. I'm not even a Guar like fan, a, but it's fascinating. It, it really does. Like I, I feel horrible, but I've never heard of them. I'm sorry. I'm very You've sorry. You've never heard of Guar? No, I haven't. I'm sorry. Did you, never, you didn't even you never watched Empire Records growing up? No. <laughs> oh, well, that'd do it. I'm, I think Guar got introduced to a lot of people through Empire Records. Well, that's why it's like I want to be able to correct it. And I was uh, checking out um, a trailer of this documentary, and I think it looks really yeah. awesome. So I can't wait to uh, check that out. Yeah, if, if you've never heard of Guar, this is going to surprise a lot of people that a band like this exists. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I can't wait. I'll keep you guys updated. Who knows? Maybe I'll talk about it next week. Who knows? Yay. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So next She's we She's going to buy all um, the records now. <laughs> she's gonna come on we're gonna need to switch to she's a video like, podcast can so we, we can do see a the live full podcast outfit. pre and post a Guar concert we probably should <laughs> <laughs> next we have the found footage uh he's watching on vod a pair of happy-go-lucky siblings left alone while their parents recover from an illness play a series of pranks on each other the game becomes nightmarish when they realize something sinister is watching them and it wants to play too this sounds like a John movie. I think that John, you should check it out because it's found footage. I'll. I always appreciate new phone footage coming out. I always appreciate having options for phone footage. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like I'm dragging the bo bottom of the barrel. So. Okay. I'm glad. And also, the trailer looks insane. It actually looks like, you know, found footage, very raw cut type of thing. Hey. So then on Friday, the 22nd, but in some places, you would probably be able to check it out on Thursday. If you're a fancy pants, like some people that we know, <laughs> uh, you might be able to check it out in early. Theory. <laughs> the movie Nope is hitting theaters. Yay. I feel like we've been talking about this like since last year. So it's yeah. just really cool that we'll be able to check it out soon. So caretakers at a California horse ranch encounter a mysterious force that affects human and animal behavior. Then we also have on Tuesday, the 26th, um, there's a lot of DVDs that's coming out, but here are um, my recommendations. I mean, obviously. What? Okay. So we have... <laughs> We're confused we today. Have, uh... It's Monday. It is. It's my... Because I didn't want to seem... Okay, I'll tell you guys. We're out at home. <laughs> All right. So Mid-Century will be available on, D on DVD. A couple rent a vacation home, is haunted by spirits of an architect who built it, along with his two wives, as well as their deranged living son. So, 
it's a good time okay and then we also have hellbender it'll be hitting dvd um this one's available on shutter as well um a lonely teen discovered her family ties ties to witchcraft and just in case if you missed it you can now um watch scott derrickson's the black phone at home for 20 bucks so um if you didn't get a chance to check it out in theaters you'll be able to watch it without any pants on at your home and then as always bloody disgusting tv is available uh bloody disgusting.tv and then we also have scream box it's available for you yeah so did we go from so did we go from calling it bo day to the stuff you can watch without pants on (laughs) because obviously when you go to the movie theater you have to put on pants you're supposed to put on pants but see the stuff you can watch Without it's pants could be anything from streaming to VO Day. So it includes VO Day. VO Day. Gotcha. Yeah, it's the umbrella. Whatever you okay. can you can watch with your remote without pants on. <laughs> Who needs pants? There's a rabbit hole. <laughs> and that's a bloody disgusting <laughs> podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at hauntedmeg. Xena can be found on our own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and YouTube channel, the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Yep, still at camp, still trying to survive. <laughs> Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So, for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Xena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.